mentality rise and you know they're going through to every ball there. This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Good evening, everybody, and welcome once again to Come On Kind here in the studios of KCLR 96 FM. It's hard to believe we are on episode number 15 tonight. We are flying away and we have lots to discuss after what happened over the weekend. And we have a big match that's upcoming this weekend as well that we're going to dive into it uh, an awful lot later on with the two bowled women sitting in front of me, of course, delighted to be joined by Anya Fahey and Paula Dowling as usual here with us in the studio. But I I am delighted that I am going to be joined on the phone by the Dublin manager because Kilkenny and Dublin will meet in the Leinster final. The Dublin manager, of course, is Adrian O'Sullivan, who was part of the Intermediate Management in 2016. So, Adrian, you're very welcome in to come on kind with us. Thanks very much, Martin. You said on your fatty there, getting flashbacks. We're going up the steps of the Hogan there in 2016. <laughs> so, good, uh, good memories, but... Yeah, there'll be no, uh, there'll be no sympathy towards Kikini this week, unfortunately. Doesn't look like there'll be any love lost. We were just going to try and uh, go through the, the records with yourselves. I mean, you might be able to delve into it a bit more. Um, we know the Dublin won in 87. I mean, 35 years is an awful long time ago. But there's no record uh, of you actually being in a, a Leinster final since. Um, and we've tried everywhere, even through the, the Dublin pages and the whole lot. Has it really been 35 years since Dublin was in a Leinster final? Uh, I don't know, Martin. I'll be straight up with you. Um, it'll sound very cliched now, but we've we've only really been taking it a game at a time for the whole season, so we haven't really focused too much now on uh, on records or anything like that. I think um, the PRO said to me, all right, Martina, it was 87 since they last won it. Um, and there was a period of time when Dublin won 30 in a row in Leinster, believe it or not, uh, starting in the 30s right into the 60s. But, That's right. Um, yeah, I don't know whether uh, I don't know whether the records are up to date or whether they've been in a final lately or that. I don't think any of our players have played in the Leinster final. So, um, yeah, it's not something we've overly focused on now, to be honest. We leave that to you guys uh, in the match programs and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it just irks me a small little bit like that you can't get the information that you're wanting to. Anyway, it is a great occasion to be playing in a Leinster final and it's even more special, I suppose, this time that it's going to be part of a double header, albeit it's a pity it's not the Dublin and Kilkenny hurling uh, championship game that there's a double header on as well. But uh, it will be played in O'More Park in Port Leash and I'd say now you're looking forward to the occasion on Saturday night oh, Absolutely yeah look it's a fantastic venue Port Leash um, in fairness to Brian I was chatting to him um, yesterday once we knew what the final pairing was going to be and I said look would you come up to Dublin if we could uh, if we could get it squared that uh, it would be on before the game in Parnell Park but um, look the, the dressing room situation in Parnell Park isn't hectic and look Leinster wouldn't have been happy with the with having the teams tug out outside the venue and come in so look unfortunately um, you can imagine it would be a superb occasion I presume you've been to Parnell Park for a big occasion it's the kind of place you have to get to early um, or you mightn't get in at all so there would have been a huge Kikini in Dublin following in early um, which would have been a fantastic occasion but um, look ultimately uh, it just couldn't happen so yeah looking forward to going to Leash on Saturday um, I suppose all of us grew up in an era where provincial championships were so important so we were going up watching uh, Munster and Leinster hurling finals and things like that. So um, look, we would always, uh, you know, any teams that have been with over the years always put a big, um, big emphasis on the provincial. So we're delighted to be in the final, and it's great that the competition is back. 
It is. I mean, it's been two years. Uh, there was no competition in 2020 and 2021. So, I mean, the last one was back in 2019. So it's great to have the provincials back. It's also, I suppose, a stepping stone as well that the championship is on the following weekend. So, you know, it's good to give maybe players uh, a chance and see or players coming back from injury. Um, there's not too much of a gap between the Leinster uh, and the, the championship starting as well. Do you find that, that that's more of a, a hindrance or maybe that's something that could uh, help yourselves going into the championship? Yeah, look, I suppose ideally you'd like a little bit more time, you know, um, over the next four weeks in a row with the Kenny Walford's Cork and Tip, um, four weeks back to back. So um, we have a very, very young side. So we'll certainly find out a hell of a lot about ourselves over the next four weeks, you know. Um, but look, we knew that was the schedule. So we planned accordingly and we just didn't play any challenge matches between the league and the championship. Um, so we've been kind of using these two games as our prep for the other. And that's no disrespect to Leinster. We are going down to win on Saturday, but ultimately, um, Ultimately, it's all about what happens the following week as well. You know, like that—that's what we'll be judged on going forward. But we would like a little bit more time. Yeah, but that's just the way—that's just the way the calendar worked out. So, um, look, we'll focus on Saturday and try and try and get a win on the board, and then uh, we'll worry about Watford then after that. Yeah, talk to us about your year, I suppose, so far. Uh, I don't know. I mean managers it depends now you can tell us what way Dublin went about it um, wasn't a great league campaign albeit I did see you play a couple of matches because I was on duty uh, assessing the referees at him so uh, I mean he did improve as the the, the, the weeks was going on um, and he had a very good win in fairness over Westmeath as well last weekend uh, coming away 115 to 4 point victors on that one I think the star of the show was probably Ashling O'Neill um, so your overall assessment of the year so far for Dublin. Yeah, geez, I'm glad I'm not the Kikini manager, uh, Martin, because Anya said we were dismal in the league last week. You said we weren't great today. I'm not sure what more we could have done, really. Uh, we played Galway the week after. We had 16 of our panel win the Purcell and the Ashburn, and they celebrated hard the Sunday and the Monday. Uh, we were five points down, a quarter of an hour to go before we got a player sent off. We went down to the rag and lost the tip by four, and then we hammered down in Offaly, so... I'm not really sure if there was much more we could have done maybe apart from Deke Galway so I'm glad you're not setting our uh, not setting our goals uh, in Dublin uh, I'd hate to know what you gave Brian Dowling uh, as his target for the year as a manager if that was a bad league but uh, Oh well I give him as much hardship as well so <laughs> um, We've been very happy with it to be honest with you um, I suppose there's a lot of talk on social media today that uh, people giving out about Liam Sheedy in his last couple of years in Tipperary that he's stuck with the old guards trying to eke another All-Ireland out of them and, and didn't blood the younger players and now Colin Bonner is stuck trying to blood the younger players so look, we took a gamble at the end of last season um, with a number of players who probably had a couple more years left in them in the Dublin jersey um, and we decided to go down the, the road of youth um, and look I suppose it's a huge gamble to take because you know there's no guarantees in sports and so there's every chance that it's the next Dublin manager that could reap the rewards for that but we decided to go for it and we were expecting a little bit more pain this year than what we got um, but the younger players just really took to it and look as I said okay Galway got away from us in the end but oh, there was only five points in it with a quarter of an hour to go probably a questionable red card for, for Jody Coach and, and we kind of they hit us for the last five points but in a very good performance down the rag um, against Tipperary again we should have won I think anyone that was there Joe didn't take her didn't take her goal chances on today in the second half um, so yeah look, we're very happy with younger players uh, we were a little bit rusty on Saturday against Westmead as I said we didn't play any challenge matches because of the schedule we have coming up 
uh, we're trying to manage the trying to manage the playing time in the panel. Um, but yeah, look, with five under twenty ones playing the fours the last day, seven players making their championship debuts. So I think I'm very very happy with where they are, um, and the future is very bright for that group. Yeah, it's a kind of a, a transition process that you've inherited there. Maybe I I won't be negative or anything towards you, but maybe there was a couple mm-hmm. of older players that was there and you're now trying to blood new players coming into it, which is great to see. And we've always said it. I mean, nobody wants to be talking about Kilkenny, Cork, Galway the whole time. Like we need mm-hmm. other counties coming up. The same as Waterford, you know, Clare, Limerick is making great strides, I know, even though they mightn't have had the results as well, like yourselves this year, yeah. but they are making great strides down there and coming along as well. So we do need to see the likes of Dublin up back at the top table as well. So is this kind of a, a process for yourselves now with over the next couple of years to blood them younger players on and bring them on? Yeah, absolutely. Look, the challenge is, I suppose, that what we speak about as our group is, like say, today we play Galway um, inside in TUD. Look, they had very few players that were affected by the Ashburn because they have an older squad. So, like, I think they had two players that would have been um, involved in the colleges and the rest of their squad weren't. And I think for Dublin to progress and for all the counties to progress, you need to get to a point where you're not reliant on players of the college age. So the physicality of the game has gone to a level. The way it's been refereed has changed as well. And um, you need strong physical players. Um, so, look, if Dublin are to progress, we need to get the current group so if we if we said projected down the line and we're playing the Leinster final in three years' time, you'd be hoping that five or six forwards would be twenty three years of age instead of between nineteen and twenty, you know. So yeah. that's the that's the that's the reality of it. So can you get four years S and C into them? Can you get four years senior experience into them, keep the group together and that's how you progress. Now I do think there's an onus on the Camogie Association as well and I know you're involved at the provincial level and if you don't want the same four teams coming out the whole time, well why are the why are the semi finalists seated every year? So what are the big teams afraid of? Why not throw the 12 teams into the pot and divide them out and see what happens then? You know, but yeah. the championship is heavily weighed in favour of the of the four big teams coming out every year. Yeah, um, I can never understand so think, that so, myself. But yeah, so I think there's change to be had there um, as well. You know, like it's, what are they afraid of? Why why are we sticking to the same old format? You know, I agree with you. It is a stale format. So you know, why not why not freshen it up and. So look, that's the big teams. So, so what, what would be the harm if Galway, Cork, and Kilkenny all ended up in the same group? Yeah, exactly. Let them, let them yeah. Off at each other, you know. So I doubt it so, if we'd mind it. I mean, you want the the best games if you're going to win an All Ireland series. Yeah. You want to play the best teams. You want to get good games, not meaningless games that we've maybe seen throughout other times. And that's no disrespect to other counties, but I mean, we've seen it before. Uh, I mean, we played Tipperary going back a good few years ago, and I mean there was thirty something points in the difference. Like nobody wants yeah. to be seeing things like that. You want good meaningful games but I suppose I'm always interested as well with dual counties that has senior intermediate or intermediate and junior teams um, I mean like with yourselves and I know Galway partially does it a small little bit um, and you have good minor girls that's coming up as well like what's the scenario with the year girls do the two teams train together um, and try and bring both panels on at the same time or are you training separately like as a separate entity that you go and do your own things and the intermediates does their own thing yeah, no, we are completely separate. Yeah, um, there's no link whatsoever between the between the seniors and the intermediates. Um, I suppose look, it was a decision we made at the start of the year. Um, we went back very early. We were in the gym at the end of November, and I just didn't see the point of I suppose with a young, such a young squad that um, dropping players down and having them train them with the intermediates on a Thursday night and with the seniors on a Tuesday. And, so they're in the gym with us and they might play at the inters. It's kind of we felt that we needed to have them the four nights 
and expose them to our management team the four nights in order to to progress. Um, look, if if we project two or three years down the line and we have quite a mature squad and and we're trying to add seven or eight younger players to it, um, well then would they gain by by I suppose the experience of playing at the intermediates? Then you could definitely look at it that way. Um, but I suppose when we're so young this year. I just kind of felt that there wasn't going to be that development benefit from having players go up and down between the two. Um, look, like I said, we'd, we'd seven championship Davisons at the weekend, so um, there wasn't much point letting them off the intermediates and we were going to be using them. You know? But look, I suppose if we had seven or eight under 18s or under 19s who were just sitting on our bench, well then it's something you'd very much have to look at and go, oh, yeah, well, they would be better off then um, in the intermediate setup. But I suppose just in our current stage and our development, um, I wouldn't see any developmental benefit from having them uh, moving up and down between the two. So and that's just the way we've gone about it this year. I know Tipperary have gone down a separate route. I think Galway are using their intermediates as purely as a development squad this year. I think it's very much nearly an under twenty one team, but um Cork have gone separate as well. So look to be honest with you, Martin, I don't know, like I've often said it to Cahill, that Cahill are good buddies. Like I don't know how he managed the two teams. Like senior management has gone to such a level now where like I barely have enough energy to keep this on the track. To be honest with you, I don't know how you'd throw a second team into the mix as well as you know and look the fixtures invariably clash and then you're splitting managing teams and everything so um, I don't think there's too many left doing I think Cahill's probably the only one who's managing both at the moment and it's very very difficult to do it I think it'll go down a route that they'll be completely separate in the future I think as well I know Paul is bursting to ask you a question down there so <laughs> just a quick question I'm just wondering um, since this is your second year now above with Dublin do you see how come or can you identify why there's not the throughput of players at underage all the way up along? Because like I mean, with the population demographics of Dublin, the number of clubs yeah, up an, there. It's an interesting one. I suppose the, the analogy I'd always give for is if, if you have a girl that's born in the parish of Tullerone or down in Freshford where Ron is, if she is blessed with good athletic ability, there's every chance that at some stage in her life she will enter a GAA field. Okay, so... Whatever, whether she ends up being a camogie player or not, she's going to go down to the field at some stage because she's got athletic ability, she's in the parish, and there's a huge focus on the parish in GA. Okay? If you have a girl that's born in Timpelogue, before she ever goes near a GA field, she could be pulled into the soccer team, she could be pulled into the rugby team, she could be pulled into a dance class, she could be pulled anywhere. So the chances of them actually reaching the GA pitch in Dublin, first and foremost, are a lot slimmer than they are anywhere else. Once they do get to the pitch, then invariably, these athletes are talented at camogie and football. Right? Most of our panel would play senior club football at a serious level. Okay, a uh, good few of them could play with the Dublin ladies if they if they decided to. So you have that as well. So look, you have a lot more distractions um, in a bigger city than you do in in places that are just focused on um, focused on one sport. But look, I think this year, I mean, like Dublin had a very good minor team last year. Um, and Cork beat them by a point in their Ireland semi-final and Ashley O'Neill, Ashley Gannon, Ava Mooney have all started championship um, for us at the weekend off that minor team. Um, they were a little bit unlucky this year and that the seven or eight of them decided to go play the football but there's a very talented group coming through this year as well that we see playing the club championship as well. So, look, it's just getting them through, I suppose. It's, it's difficult. There's a lot of distractions and stuff like that and a lot of sports they can play and, and things like that and look, all the challenges that are there in women's sport as well. You'll see it in Kilkenny as well. Um, you know, if you go back to the last time Mick won the Moyne Ireland in 2015, how many of those players have come through? You know, there's a huge problem in Ireland with dropout in female sports at the age of 18 and 19. So it's kind of a it's a wider issue that needs to be addressed as well. But 
Um, the, the county board have a very good development plan in Dublin that kind of started at the end of last year, um, trying to maximise the population more. Um, so they've got a little bit more organised and the, the development pathway is a little bit little bit more structured than, than what it had been before. So hopefully uh, from a Dublin point of view, you'll see you'll see a lot more players come through than, than what have been in the past, you know. Totally agree with you on that on that record. But with regard to the inters and seniors, do you not see mm. that it should be used as a development group to bring it forward and have them interlinked? So Absolutely. like I mean in order for your players yeah. to hit the highest level, they really need to be playing against the best of the best. So I suppose in order for that group to develop on, I know it's probably very hard with regard to logistics, but should not every county be aiming to, you know, bring your inter, have your intermediate group as a development group so that you allow your minors two or three years to Absolutely, bed in yeah. and then progress 100%. on from there? Yeah, no, 100%. I suppose, look, if you're in a developed county like Kilkenny where you're looking for maybe add one or two every year, absolutely. Like, we took the five best minors and put them straight into our senior team because we had to. You know, so, um. So it's just every county at a different stage of your development. I think realistically, if you're if you're in one of the top three counties, your under your intermediate team should be under twenty ones. Like if you're if you're twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty still playing for the intermediates, you're you're taking the place of a of a player who who should be coming in through the development. You know, um, you'd wonder maybe long term is there a place for the second teams in the championship at all? Should they just have an under twenty one championship? Um, the same way as the hurling does, you know, is, is this is it really the best use of resources? Having an intermediate team, are you really getting the best players through to it? Um, it can be hard to get people involved as well. Um, will be my experience over the years, definitely in Limerick anyway. Um, hard to get people excited about being involved in the second team and stuff like that. So there's loads of different challenges, but this is just the way we've gone about it. Um, you know, we're quite happy with, with the progress. I think even if you win a minor. You know, like we won the minor with Limerick in 2014. We got seven through off of that was like an exceptional year, and Limerick had been in a bad place before that. I think, generally speaking, then with men and women, if you get three through off a minor team, you're doing exceptionally well. And that's whether they win or lose. You know, and we got six off last year's minor team, so I think that's a, that's an exceptional um, number of players to get through, and it's a nod to the work that John O'Connell is doing. Um, and I'd expect to get three or four more, like the Jennifer Moore and Abel Timothy. Um, Sadie Cos a few of these true from it from this year's team as well that that are physically and from a hurling point of view ready to go straight away so um, I think if you get three through that's about the max you know um, it'd be interesting if you went back through it over the years even the team that we won with in 2016 Katie Nolan is probably the only one of that team that's gone on to establish herself as a senior player um, Ethan Aris was the subkeeper that year she's gone on to have a great career as well but other than that you know nobody's really come through out of it and like I suppose there's a huge step up between intermediate and senior as well so it doesn't always transfer either but um, yeah look I suppose there's no right way or wrong way personally I'd love to see an under 21 championship take the place of the second teams playing in the inter- in the in the intermediate championship but um, I doubt that that's likely to happen now in the future Well we were just actually talking about the under 21 championship actually on last week's podcast as well um, and we felt it as well that it would actually be kind of a, a bridge between would say the minors, not even so the intermediate and seniors, but definitely coming from minor straight up into adult level. There's a gulf um between the both of them that's there, uh, and it's so hard for some girls to adapt to it. So I don't know. Maybe that's something solely for uh, another day, and maybe for the powers to be to have a look at it. They probably tell you there's no weeks or weekends or whatever with uh, fixtures constraints and all but it's certainly something to to look at but yeah look uh, all uh, eyes are on Port Leash on Saturday evening for the Leinster Senior Final it is Dublin versus Kilkenny it's going to be a hotly contested uh, 
game, not only I think on the field, but maybe on the sidelines as well. Um, <laughs> but the, the, there's a, a couple of good personalities is there between uh, both management teams that we could be getting a, a bit of drama that's there as well, which would be great to see. But um, I think we're all looking forward to it. And you're probably putting out a, a big push now for all the Dublin people to get the same as we will be later on to get uh, bums on seats into Port Leash uh, and get the support there for the girls. Yeah, look, uh, we've played Kikini twice in the last 12 months. We played in the National League, Lone Callan, a very competitive game, and we played them in a challenge match. Uh, a challenge match inside and, uh, James Stevens there at the start of the season that Philly Larkin's brother refereed. I think there was only three frees in the whole thing. The two teams absolutely <laughs> knocked seven shades out of each other. Um, and it was fantastic to watch. So I think if anybody can get the poor leash on Saturday, it will be, um, it will be a fairly physical encounter. Uh, not being negative now, but I think, like, we would have a huge crossover. Um, of families and partners involved in the hurling setup and the camogie setup and look I'm afraid the draw of Parnell Park might be a bit much but that game isn't until 7 so hopefully a cohort of people might make the might make the trip you might get a few Kilkenny people calling into Port Leash on the way to Dublin maybe as well but, uh, that's yeah, only an hour up the road that's all yeah look it'll be interesting I don't know if the fireworks on the sideline will come I think Brian is fairly calm uh, Tommy maybe not so much but We've had we've had the odd few words over the years in the Ashburn, but uh, generally it's been fairly civil between us. So um, I'd say the action will be on the right side of the white line, though. Hopefully, Martin on uh, on Saturday. Ah, uh, well, it certainly will, and we're looking forward to it. No doubt that the players will as well, and we'll be looking forward to following you and the Dublin team during Championship as well. And later on, uh, when things are progressing into it, sure, you never know. We might even get you back on uh, to discuss how you're going in that and. You never know, could be heading for a quarterfinal stage in that as well. And we'll be discussing that kind of a, a game coming up for you. Yeah, look, if we're uh, if we're in the championship long enough to come back on, I'll be happy enough. So we'll, uh, we'll see you then. Perfect. Well, it's always a pleasure having you on, Adrian O'Sullivan. Uh, you're always welcome on any stage. Uh, and I will be nice and polite and wish you the best of luck on Saturday. <laughs> Thanks, Martin. Appreciate it. Keep up the good work. It's a great listen every week. So it's uh, bringing badly needed coverage to the game. So fair play to you, Stanley. Perfect. I'll catch you soon. We'll have to get yourself and Reedy maybe back on, although he's still banned from Kilkenny anyway from the comments that he made on the women's hurling. So, yeah, women's hurling is best left in the past. So we'll move on. Other people have taken up the mantle now and are doing it just fine. We'll move on. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was Adrian O'Sullivan, the Dublin manager, of course, preparing for his side against Kilkenny on. Saturday in Port Leash. Now I need to push a couple of buttons here and bring on Paula and uh, Anya. So I suppose, first of all, we had our semi final at the weekend. We know what Sully said about uh, Westmeath, and it was, albeit he said they were <laughs> rusty, it was easy enough for them a 115 to four points. I suppose, in a way, it was easy for us as well against Offaly, 414 to 112 in the end. But by God, looking at the Kilkenny team, uh, chalk and cheese to the last day against Wexford, they were phenomenal. Yeah, like I thought um, Kilkenny played really, really well on Saturday. I felt like their distribution of the ball was excellent. Everything felt like it was being done at a really high high speed. Like the, the balls that they were literally distributing into each other was going straight to the hand or right in front of the player, just bouncing in front of them. I felt like it was probably where Brian and the lads are looking that the girls need to be at, you know, two weeks out from championship. Um, regardless of the opposition that they were playing, like I, I think the, the lads and the girls themselves would be very, very happy 
with the, the performance that they put in. I know you could kind of say maybe the last 10, 15 minutes, they kind of just maybe took the foot off the pedal. But, you know, you can forgive them for that. Um, You know, Brian did empty the bench as well. You know, give guards a good bit of a run out too. But, you know, I definitely think there's a load of positives to be taken from that game. You know, in- interestingly enough, and I suppose... I knew Steffi had been playing at wing back at the day against Wexford. So I was actually kind of intrigued to see her playing at wing back for against Offaly as well. Because to me, like Steffi's always been a half forward. You know, we've watched her throughout the whole league in at half forward as well or corner forward. And you know what? She didn't look out of place at all. She really didn't. She, you know, she's really after growing into such a strong player and kind of like nearly a household name now at mm-hmm. this stage, um, embedding herself in on that Kilkenny team. So yeah, I was really impressed with her, her, her defensive display, like because considering like we all know her as an attacking forward, um, I thought Julia Malone, Julia Malone was just out of this world. She was exceptional. Um, her work rate off the ball, like some of the runs she was making and some of the tackles that she was getting in, you know, we don't always like acknowledge it and we don't always notice this unless your name has been put up on the scoreboard. But the work rate that she was doing was absolutely unbelievable. And she got two great points as well. One of them, she just plucked the ball out of the air and over the bar, like it was absolutely exceptional. Neve Dealey is really carrying her form on from the um, Ashburn mm-hmm. and she really is just, imposing herself there as a serious serious centre back for Kilkenny they have a good solid unit back yeah. there at the minute yeah. albeit Brian wasn't too happy with the uh, the tackle count at the end of it like they were giving away uh, some stupid freeze mm-hmm. you know that maybe they shouldn't be giving away Mairead Tien was on fire couldn't touch uh, an awfully player and give away a free but she was putting the ball over the bar so that's something for him to work on coming up for the week Yeah it definitely is and I think like you know he's not going to come out of a match and you know <laughs> not say that there's anything there's nothing to improve on of course there's something to improve on like, You're it's never not, perfect No you're never perfect it's not the All-Ireland final you know they need there's always going to be something to improve on and if they didn't have anything to improve on going into the next match they could become very complacent coming up against a Dublin opposition Yeah like Marie Teen as he spoke about nine points from free one from 45 I think was her final count there that's just exceptional work coming from her and you know it's kind of I felt it's nearly a bit of a threat for Offaly the fact that she was their main scorer they didn't really have anybody else kind of the only girls kind of scoring from play after that Christine Cleary got a goal and a point Grace Dean came up from half back she scored a point you know that was really it Faye Mulrooney actually got the goal for uh, for Offaly Christine only got a point Okay, so but like still it, it's not it's good not enough. It's not much, no, it's, no. You know, it's really not good enough at senior standard. You sh- you need to be having more players scoring. Like you look at you look at Gilkenny, all six forwards got on the scoreboard, and Julian Julian Malone and Aoife Doyle, who are named at midfield, both got in as well. So you're looking at your eight attacking players. Yeah, they're all getting on the scoreboard and four ten from play. Yeah, you know, which is phenomenal, and I think you know that's going to be a massive boost to them. And I think you know, kind of you know, listening to people talk after the Wexford game and I suppose like reading reports on it and just, you know, from people that were down at the match, the way they were talking, I definitely think it was a boost of confidence that those girls needed going in against Offaly. They certainly didn't take Offaly for granted. You could see by them from the very, very start of the match that they were hungry and they were ruthless and that's what they, that's what they did. They just stormed away. I think they would have probably preferred to put Offaly to bed earlier than they did, but by God, they just kept going and there was no way that they were going to let Offaly get anywhere near them. Well, that was one of the questions I put to Brian Dowling at the weekend to know about the ruthlessness of the side and Brian spoke with me directly after the game and here's what he had to say. Brian Dowling, chalk and cheese games from last week to today. 
what on earth did you say to the players during the week? Basically, he came out all guns blazing again now fully in the Leinster semi-final today. Oh, look, I think last week um, we went down to Exeter in the first game. We won by nine points. We hadn't been playing in six weeks, I think it was, for a car game. So it took a bit of time to get going and I think Wexford were very defensive and set up in defensive shape. So, look, with those, you know, we felt we were, there was a lot of criticism in our performance last week, which I didn't think was, was fair. Um, you know, I thought the girls went, put in a huge effort last week. We missed a lot of scores. Could easily come away with 217 last week, you know, and, you know, we only got 13 points, which is disappointing. 414 today, but still felt we left scores behind us. So, look, again, this is a work in progress it's going to take a bit of time um, you know have a few new players there and just have to take a bit of time to bet in and look we're trying to work on different things in training uh, you don't get too much time during the week when you have a match every week but look we're delighted with the matches we want games and we just want to keep improving now all the time we know it can get better we know there's more in us but um, it's just going to take a little bit of time to, to get going and get into a groove and look it was better today anyway um, you know that score was higher but um, you know we still conceded 111 today last week was 4 points so you know that's that's something that we need to look at there's a lot of freeze there in the game which you won't be happy about either Yeah I was just going to say it Mairead Tehan was lethal on the freeze today I think she got nearly 10 points in total 9 of them coming from freeze but you have to be happy your own scoreline today 4-14 and 4-10 of that coming from play yeah, look, that's a good score. You no, know, we probably set a target at half time and, and we didn't meet it. You know, we're very disappointed with that. Uh, you know, when we scored one six in the second half, so that that's something we need to go back and look at. Um, you know, we have to be scoring a few more points than that and fourteen points. So, um, yeah, look, but you know, we, we have to look at our our tackling. You know, our tackling count is very very high, which is not good. And uh, you know, we're keeping off in the game and giving away a freeze. So, you know, that's something that we have to go back and look at again during the week. Do you feel that you could be a bit more ruthless in front of goal? Like, I know that you're creating the chances as well, but there was a couple of clear-cut chances today that went to Began. Are you disappointed you didn't convert them? Look, we had chances, I think, probably could have had a, could have went in probably a bit further and, and took the goal chance, dropped the ball at the wrong time. Um, could easily had six or seven goals today. Um, you know, we got four, would have taken four today before the game. But look, that again, that's something we have to keep working on. We're working on training the whole time, get that composure and maybe go for the go for the goal when it's on. You know, there was a couple of goal chances there. We didn't uh, put them away, but, um, you know, again, that's something that we have to nail down in the future. The week games coming, they are weekly at this stage because you have the Leinster final next week, then you go straight into championship with an away game to down of all places to go and start off. Um, I mean, you're obviously managing injuries and the whole lot. We see a couple here today. Grace Welsh went down, Miriam Welsh went down. It'll be important to get them right now for next week and the week after as well. Yeah, I suppose, look, when you're ahead in the game, I suppose you have the luxury of taking off your players to get knocks. You know, if that was a, was a point or two in it, you'd probably leave it on the girls. You know, Grace has got a dead leg there. She'd be fine and Miriam is fine as well. But look, we're not going to take any chances and we want to get the five subs in to get as many girls game time as we can in the next couple of weeks ready for the championship. But, um, you know, we know we're playing Dublin next uh, next Saturday and Dublin or Westmead, sorry, next Saturday. And, you know, that's going to be a huge challenge now and, um, in Port Leash next Saturday night. So, look, we're just looking forward to it. It's the Leinster final, so we want to try and go and win it now. Well, it looks like Dublin at the minute, they were winning handy enough against Westmead. It is a big occasion. It's the first Leinster final in a couple of years. We couldn't have it with COVID. And it's a curtain raiser to the Hurling Championship with Galway and Leash as well. It's great that Camogie were able to get the recognition and have it as a high-profile curtain raiser as well to a game like that. Yeah, it's great. Like, you know, in fairness to Camogie and G are working the last couple of years trying to get double headers. And, you know, I suppose you have bigger chances of getting a bigger crowd in. So that that's brilliant. And, um, you know, Munster, the Munster Championship is the same thing. They're, they're playing before all the senior games so that's great you know you want as much exposure as you can getting the crowd in you know there wasn't too many here today I suppose so look it's to get as, get as many people in on the, in the stands and on the terraces into games you know the effort that these girls put in is unbelievable the same as the hurlers and um, you know deserve to people to go to games for, for all to put in and you know I think a lot of games more games the way it's gone now it's, it's very, they're very competitive and the standard has gone very very high as well 
Well, we look forward to next weekend and the Leinster Championship and in the All Ireland series as well, Brian. But well done today. Okay, thank you. Yeah, tackle count was high on you, as he said it himself. But uh, Dublin will be the same. If you give Dublin them chances at the weekend, they're going to be punished. Uh, so I'd say Brian will be working a lot on the tackling this week. Yeah, I definitely think he will. And I suppose that's going to be his main focus after the game the last day. You know, we said it already. Marie Teen, nine points from freeze. And I'm sure Ashling Maher is going to be probably the same. I I would imagine she's probably, you know, the, the main free taker for Dublin. So I'd imagine she's going to be of the same calibre as Marie Teen and Denise Gall. Um, yeah, like that, that is what he has to work. And I know we were probably like, I, I felt like the backs at the start of the game, they were a little bit on edge, but I really felt like they had grown in confidence throughout and they were just working the ball out so much and so well. Like, yeah, okay, they gave away a lot of frees or whatever the case may be, but I still think like, you know, they're definitely a solid unit there now at the moment. And, you know, there's been, you know, talk of people missing from panels from last year, whatever the case may be. I think these girls have definitely stepped up to the mark and I think they've slotted in nicely into this team. Surely have. Paula, how do you see the Leinster final going at the weekend between Kilkenny and Dublin? Look, Dublin have a lot of young players and that's a big jump. I don't care what anybody says, from minor straight up into a senior panel is, is a massive jump. Um, and I'm not doubting their skill level or anything like that, but it's just that cuteness that you can only develop over time. So I, I, I would have to say Kilkenny should win it and probably will win it. Dublin are maybe that's why I was questioning Adrian about that is that I'm not 100% sure is it the right option maybe they have to do that but there has to be players somewhere you know where I'm coming from that like at, at 18, 19 okay give them game time give them exposure but it, that's a massive jump for any player and the thing is you don't want it to be a detriment to the player themselves whereby it actually turns them against playing or if the confidence hits a low, like I mean, I've seen that with players before, and we've seen it probably here in Kilkenny as well. The players that have probably been put onto a senior panel maybe too soon, and as a result of that, then their confidence goes, their enthusiasm for the game goes, and they drop away. So that may be one thing. But then again, the other side of it is you have some players that come through and they thrive on that, and they just go hell for leather, and and they have that they lose all inhibitions. They don't have that fear of failure if you know what I mean, at that age too. So I would say that Kilkenny looking, and I haven't listened to the game, I wasn't there on Saturday, but I haven't listened to yourselves, it sounded completely different to the Wexford game. It seemed to be oh, that there was. was fastball coming in and that's what the forwards need. Like, I mean, fastball going in quick into our forwards and, and I suppose cutting out that, that interplay of small sloppy passes and stick passes and things like that. And I suppose it's about getting the heads up and getting a good, like once they hurl well, Getting good results okay, is important, but to hurl well because they're like I'm sure Brian and the lads are thinking straight away for the championship and and to get a good result, but also to hurl well and and actually put in the effort and the work rate that they're going to have to do in the coming weeks. Yeah, well, it was a fantastic performance. Like even the passes that we were looking at um at the weekend, like they were crisp, they were sharp. The first touch like was outstanding. There was a couple of pickups uh with Katie Nolan and Mary O'Connell in particular. Um I mean Mary O'Connell, how she got the pass away from Miriam for her second goal is beyond me. She was fouled by three players. Now, in fairness, Barry Nee gave her a great advantage. She had the foul coming, but she was able to get a pass off to Mirror. Mirror buried the ball into the back of the net like and Albeit that they did score the four goals. I mean, realistically, Anya Kilkenny could have had seven or eight at the weekend. Yeah, they certainly could. And I suppose that's another point that they can improve on as well as taking the shots when they come, taking the scores when they're they're available to them and when when they're coming at them. You know, if when we're coming up against 
the bigger teams, the likes of the Corks and the Galloways, we need to be taking every opportunity that we can get. And, you know, the girls will be fully aware of that. But I think, you know, we need to remember that this is a massive improvement. You know, they haven't had a game in what Brian said, I think it was six weeks or something like that before yeah. the Wexford game. And, you know, that's fair enough. But I do think, I do think they're hitting the peak at the right time. I do think they're hitting, hitting championship mode just when they need to be hitting it. Like they're probably realistically now going to be on the trot for the next seven, eight weeks in a row, I would imagine. You know, that's not saying anything about quarterfinals, semifinals or finals, but I would imagine like they are going to be out for the next couple of weeks. So, you know, it's very important that you know, that they're not kind of, they've not hit top pace now and that they're slowly getting into it and come championship in the next two weeks that they're going to just, you know, thrive through it and get through it and getting girls off the bench and getting them some game time is going to be really well needed because there's a lot of those girls there that, you know, games back to back, they're going to start feeling it and, you know, this is where the recovery is going to come in and this is where the panel is going to have to start playing their part as well. Yeah, and just actually looking at the fixtures here and the only date that Kilkenny haven't a game between now and the 2nd of July is actually the week of the 4th and 5th of June. That is the only free weekend that they have. They are out every other weekend up to that. Like That's six, seven, you're talking about nearly nine weekends in a row by the time you take the Wexford game uh, into consideration um, and the whole, well, actually nine weeks take out the week. So, I mean, you're looking at eight out of the nine weeks to be playing games. It's a crazy number of games. And it's going to be very much reliant, as Ollie said, on the panel. Like, I mean, you're going to have injuries. You'll have little niggles. And like, I mean, we see it in every, in all GA games at the moment. It is, you're using all your subs. It's no longer a 15, like, you know, you're starting 15 that starts, finishes. You're going to have to, because you're going to have to bring fresh impetus. You're going to have to change it up. So, I mean, those fringe players of the starting 15, they're going to be even more important now. Because, like, there is no break. Yeah. It's helpful letter like I mean and that's it and that, they're actually nearly going to be nearly more important than the players that are starting because when they come in they're going to have to make an impact and like I mean that's why they're there to change or to up the tempo and change the dynamic of the whole match. And we can see that the bench was used at the weekend mm-hmm. as well which was important because as he said Grace Welch did go down with a dead leg albeit that she probably will be okay and um, Miriam Welch picked up a knock as well you know so he had the luxury of being able to take off the players as you said not take any chances with him just get a sub on yeah. you know get the players off um, and get ready then for uh, this weekend coming. And did you find having been there and watched it that the transition of the subs coming in did it impact in any way positive or negative to the team or did it just keep the consistency going consistency was there wasn't yeah. it I mean it didn't really affect the negativity of the team um, I mean you take the, the substitutes that came on uh, I mean Laura Murphy came on and she slotted straight in there uh, Lydia Fitz came straight into the backs Kira Feeling came into the backs um, and they brought Sophie with a wire up in the forwards then for Miriam like so I mean not really albeit that Brian did say they only scored 1-6 in the second half which wasn't um I suppose it wasn't great but the damage was that's been done in the first half like well, so the other thing you have to give awfully kudos is that they're doing a lot of work up oh, there and Ashley McCarty sorry Ashley mm-hmm. came on as well yeah, yeah. but Waffley are doing a lot of work at the moment and like I mean you even see it at schools level they're getting they're hitting finals in schools and have been over the last couple of years so obviously they're doing their work up there and they're trying to improve so you can't take anything for granted with regard to that and from no, this No but we, we've had this debate now a couple of times and we were there as well and we were just looking down through the panel I mean St. Rhinus is after winning two All-Ireland Intermediate titles they're probably at the minute the best team in Offaly when it comes to club and the whole lot and you take it that out of the starting 15 there is two players 
three players from St. Rhinus. Roisin Egan played very well um, for the team. She's the team captain. Uh, Louise Mannion was in it in patches and Siobhan Flannery didn't get much soot, I have to say, between Michelle Tien and Tiffy Fitz in the back line. So you would have to wonder where is all the rest of the St. Rhinus girls that have been playing so well and why they're not actually making up some more of the team in that because awfully really needed and it's no disrespect to them they are building and Susan Erner is building a team there but at the minute like they're just not able to compete at that level No I don't think so but I do think like there is a question of like there is a lot of I would have thought there would have been a lot more girls from St. Rhinos that were on that panel that would be on the Offaly panel but then again it comes down to the preference of the girls do they want to be part of it That's true too You know like you know we can say here like oh what's the story with them or why aren't they there or whatever but you know girls might take a personal preference they could be it could have a lot got to do with college Mm -hmm. and some of them could be doing exams they could be um, going away you know they could be going off travelling they could be doing um, you know stints abroad for college or whatever the case may be so maybe it just doesn't they just can't facilitate it themselves or they're not able to commit to it you know it is a pity because I definitely felt like the St. Rhinus team were a very strong team and like you could nearly see yourself slotting a couple of them in in certain positions throughout that Offaly team there like I think it's Kate Kenny I think she would have been yeah. massive to that Offaly yeah. to that Offaly team in their full forward like or centre forward or whatever the case may be and you know what I think it would have helped free up Marie Teen a little bit more as well like if, if she was available for whatever reason she's not we don't know you know we're not going to um we're not going to ponder or wonder about it or question why she's not available. But, you know, I, I do think she would be a, a massive addition to that Offaly setup. And we'll be fair, Offaly are a young team at the minute, mm-hmm. as we have discovered over the weekend. So, I mean, we're not going to knock them. We're, we're just solely giving the opinion on what was in front of Kikenny at the weekend. And I mean, they're a long way off championship pace at the minute. They're building um, for the future. But like the last thing that you want to be doing is going out every week and getting hammering after hammering uh, and not being, you know, overly competitive. I mean, albeit, okay, they got a 112, you know. Um, I think it was 10 of them points came from freeze, you know. The goal had a bit of luck and it's the same as now we had a bit of luck with the first mm-hmm. goal that we scored as well. But like if you're going to be building a young team, you want to be building them around experienced players as well to be competing and I just I don't know if that's the case with Offaly at the minute but then in saying that I felt like Offaly in the second half they stuck it into Kilkenny like they basically met, matched them score for score in the second half um, you know I think there could have been maybe is, was there a point in the difference it was what was it 4 14 to one eleven. they scored 8 scores which was 1-7 to 1-6 so they outscored Kilkenny in the second half by a point sorry yeah. so like you know they, they kept into them they kept going at it so like you could definitely turn around and say that their second half performance was you know a lot better than their first half performance is that maybe Kilkenny took the foot off the pedal or whatever the case may be but they can they can certainly bring confidence from that second half performance and bring it into the championship yeah okay it's not ideal going out 2-3 weeks before your All-Ireland Championship to get a beating like that but still you know Susan Erner is going to have to look at the positives for it because if you go in with a load of negatives into the game you're going to end up losing the dressing oh, room yeah. and you don't want to be doing that either No and in fairness they haven't an easy group they're in the same group as us like I mean mm. their uh, they're first game is at home to Antrim <coughs> um, the next game then is at home to Galway so two home games to start off with isn't too bad you know albeit that they could maybe get a result out of one of them if not two you never know what's going to happen uh, third game then is away to Limerick the fourth game is uh, away to us 
Um, that's the weekend of the 25th and 26th of June and their last game then is an away game in Down. Yeah, they have a, like like everybody, they have a heavy mm, load and yeah. they're not going to find that group easy at all. Like they're kind of coming in really as overwhelming underdogs into the majority of those games. So, you know, they're just going to have to go back to the drawing board after last weekend and, you know, take the next two weeks and really work hard on, you know, the things that let them down in the first half. I think, to be fair, I think the goal within the first minute, first couple of seconds of the game, I think that really played a massive impact on how A, Kilkenny drove onto the match, but he, B, how awfully confidence dropped, heads dropped. You know, it was... Let me ask you, because you've been a former manager of a county team as well. You have a game plan going out, right? Mm-hmm. And Paul is part of the minor management as well. So I'm going to ask both of you this. You have a game plan. Everything is set up for the week ahead. You're going, you get your matchups with your players and the whole lot. And this freak of nature happened because let's be honest that's what it was Denise went for a speculative shot and for whatever reason whether it was the sun or whatever was there Eleanor Clendenin did not see the ball and it dropped straight in over her head and in the net I mean everything goes out the door at that stage like the plans the matchups the whole lot like are gone in an instant with a freak of nature not really. I don't think so because, you know, if that's the case, then you're panicking straight away. And if you're panicking 30 seconds into a game, you may forget about the next hour because it's going to be absolute torture for you. Like the main thing is keep composed, keep your game plan in place at all times. You know, like things happen, like, you know, things don't go your way. Every team is going to have their purple patch. But the main, the most important thing is that you stay calm, stay collective, stick to the game plan. You know, you can bounce back from it. Every team can bounce back from it. We've seen it going, we've seen it so many times. It's just important to stay calm and not panic. But I do think in this instance, awfully panicked because Kilkenny put so much pressure on them straight after the first goal and it was kind of like whoa okay what's going on here like Kilkenny literally went at them so hard and so tough and they were so ruthless within the first 15-20 minutes of the game I totally agree with you ask any sports psychologist they'll tell you you have to be ready every game goes through you know ebbs highs and lows and everything for every team so they always say be prepared for the opposition to score to get a goal to do something that will upset you in some way and then it's how you react to that situation. So like, I mean, for Offaly, they probably at that stage needed somebody to sort of step up to the mark and mm-hmm. take leadership and sort of say, right, put down a marker. So like, I mean, they're the kind of things rather than panicking, they needed to sort of galvanise together and settle down and say, right, it's a goal. So what? We can get it back. It's only three points. But then again, because they're quite young and because they're starting, you know, trying to formulate and get their team together that can knock you for six but like I mean if your sports psychologist whoever is with the team would have gone through that and would have should have gone through that and said to him right you need to get yourself you're going to have patches whereby the opposition will score and will you know go well it's how you react to that situation You both talked about Dublin with the minor teams coming on and a pathway that's going through I mean awfully do win the minor B uh, All-Ireland only a couple of weeks ago they have some very nice players on it we've seen a couple of lovely players with their under-16 team that played um, in Kilkenny a couple of weeks ago I mean the future is bright for the players that's coming up um, but I mean you're talking a couple of years like at this stage before realistically um, you're going to get them players onto the, the adult teams If you look at it from Kilkenny's point of view like Kilkenny really when he starts to come good in the last eight, nine, ten years, like, you know, and that took a lot of work. You know, we were looking at the same girls coming up through the underage ranks, waiting for them to get to, 
waiting for them to hit adult level. It, like I think it happens like every county kind of goes through this phase where the, you know, they have a great under 14 team and you're nearly, you're holding out and waiting for these girls to get up to minor to get to adult level because, you know, you're expecting such big things from it. I think every county, it's, it rotates, it goes itself around. I suppose in Kilkenny, we are very lucky in the fact that we've had, we have had very good, you know, under 14, 15, 16 minor squads throughout the last couple of years. And, you know, I think the most important thing about that is keeping them and developing them and you know we've you know Polly you've definitely spoke about it. we've always said the massive jump between going from minor straight into adult level is absolutely cruel you know so girls nearly have to be prepared for it and I think you know it stems back to the clubs and this way I think it's so important that these girls are you know playing at the top level of their club as well so like it's nearly the starting point to play at adult level and then they can you know they'll mould themselves into an intermediate county team which I think is most important that you go into first start with your intermediates play with your intermediates for a year or two and then you know please God develop onto senior I think you know awfully yeah, they won the minor B All Ireland. They probably have a lot of good young players coming up. But I do think it's not going to happen overnight for them. It's going to take a while. God, it took Kilkenny a long, long time to kind of stem themselves back, you know, as a top camogie team in Ireland. And it's going to take every county the exact same. And that's just the that's just the way it is. Yeah, the reality is we're not going to be staying at the top either yeah, forever. No. Like, I mean, we're going to have a lull at some stage as well. Probably as will, but if we do our groundwork now... And keep doing the groundwork as in that 14s, 15s, 16s and keep that and have a good formula in place that that lower sort of back is up on that level. Because like, I mean, there is, there's great work being done in clubs and I see that at all the goal game blitzes, which I'm still attending, unfortunately. I might get to the stage, give me another couple of years and I'll be out of that, that phase of, of going to matches. But like, I mean, they, you see them and there's great people doing great work with kids Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings during the week. And like, I mean, it's to keep those girls playing, keep them involved and not have that fall off. And as I said to you, the big fall off is minor, roughly about and 13, 12, 13, that age group. So there, that's, we have to keep them playing. And like, I mean, there's loads of players that I would have seen at different stages and they would have stopped playing. Yeah. So we're losing out on mm-hmm. those. So like, it's important that everybody feels valued. And the other thing as well is that not everybody develops at the same rate as well. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, there are some girls that I've played with people and weren't particularly great at 16, 17, 18, but when they got into their early 20s, Jesus, they die for you and they like completely different. Well, you mentioned the 14s and 15s. I'm going to come back to a point that we made about Fela last week. But first of all, I'm going to get your predictions for the weekend. So the Leinster final, it's in Port Leash. It's a big occasion for both counties. We really are encouraging everybody. If you're going to Parnell Park, head to Port Leash first of all. It's going to be a fantastic uh, evening for Camogie and then Potter on, then up the road, up to Parnell Park, which hopefully will make it a double celebration for Kilkenny with two wins that day. But what's your predictions for the weekend? Paula, I'll start with you tonight. Oh, I'm going with Kilkenny. I know head on because I was going to jump in and say it before me. She got in the last day. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting very territorial. <clears throat> Look, I just think Dublin grand their blood new players and everything else they're a step or two maybe behind what we are in their evolution just maybe a step or two so like I mean I don't think it's not going to be an easy match by any manner never is never is you know, you know what Dublin teams come they bring that aggression they bring that 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 whole attitude like you know it's 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 that confidence and, and, and at times like you'd be sort of going Jesus you know they walk out into the pitch they're usually about six foot two a lot mm-hmm. uh, always physically seem to physically bigger I don't know what, yeah. what goes on up there but like I mean and they come out and, and there's that attitude and that physicality that they will bring 
So I suppose from a Kilkenny's perspective, it's really important that they match them in physicality, but not give away freeze. Okay, so give me a prediction. You're bringing Kilkenny as victors. Give us a, a score line. What's the margin? Ah, oh, Jesus, Martin. Hold on, I don't have my mystery. I don't have my crystal ball here. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, I, you know, come on. <laughs> I, I would, I'd be, I would say, I'm going to say eight or nine points. Okay, that's fair enough. On yep. Let's see how on you Like, yeah, realistically, like it is going to be, well, hopefully it's going to be a Kilkenny, Kilkenny victory there. Um, I think, if we get this wrong, wrong we're screwed. Um, I, I do think it is going to be, it is going to be a Kilkenny victory. I would imagine it is. I think Kilkenny are kind of at this point, uh, at this stage now where they are just nicely hitting top speed. Um, I feel like Sully definitely played Dublin down in his interview over taking one match at a time of course being yeah, the good manager that yeah, he is exactly yeah. I, it's such like I feel like every manager says is we're taking every game every game as, as it comes and oh, wouldn't you love to get Kenny's scalp oh of oh, course you would don't. yeah absolutely um, but yeah listen I think you know it's a massive achievement for Dublin to get to a Leinster final absolutely I think um, Adrian will be delighted you know secretly he is delighted that they're going to be actually competing um, for a, competing in a final like and you know that's a massive building step and building stone for Dublin I do think Kilkenny will have the edge I think it will be a very intriguing game however I don't like Kilkenny aren't going to have it as easy as they want but I don't think I think like there'll be about six seven points in it in the end personally I think myself um, like I don't think we're going to see an awful thrashing but I do think Kilkenny are going to comfortably comfortably sail through it Okay well that is the two women's predictions the a victory for Kilkenny in both of them. Don't forget the Leinster Senior Championship Camogie Final is on in O'More Park in Leash on Saturday coming at 2.45pm. Check out all of the social media uh, accounts for ticket details, whether that be Kilkenny or on the Leinster pages or even through the GAA ticket office or your local centres as well or Super Values. You will find all the ticket information available there. Now, something that we did discuss last week was Fela. And I've had the person who was on to me about this already as well, uh, giving a bit of clarity um, on it, right? So the point that was being made was to know why not have a failure at under 20 or at under 17 level, that the fact that the failure was originally designed as a festival of Camogie, but in recent times that has been diminished because managers are now taking it too seriously. They're nearly going a year ahead. Um, they're getting girls to wear weights on their ankles. Some of them, you know, when they're training in the whole lot. Uh, sorry, doing what? these. <laughs> sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, go back. It, it's, it, it is actually <laughs> happening. Um, and managers are actually taking it too seriously. So is the time to move the fail now to an under 17 or an under 20 to give it exactly what it was meant to be and that was a festival of Camogie and fun. How did you know what that's what we do in Freshford? How did you know? We have all the kids in with weights on their ankles <laughs> and we have them all doing massive physical training sessions for 114. And she has them down the farm at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, or the, the girls as well. 
<laughs> you think I'm Joe? This, this has Seriously? actually happened. Yes, I'm deadly serious. Look at my face. At under 40 yes. level, I think that's very extreme. It has I happened. I really, really but do. But sure, that's, that's, that's completely, they're not fully When the failure was in Kilkenny before, okay, you know yourself, you rarely travelled outside of the county when you were playing at under 14 level as well. You played within your county. Failure was fantastic. If you won it, you were going outside the county. You were going with your host families. Teams have actually come and booked hotels because they didn't want to stay with host families did, in the past. I did hear that. I did they did. That they actually mm-hmm. done no activities with the home club and brought off, and they were boys now, I won't say they were girls, they were fellas, brought them off out to the beach and put them in the water and actually had them walking along the water to recover for a semi-final the following day. So it is happening. And the point that the person was making was that the failure was supposed to be fun it was supposed to be about a festival of camogie to get girls playing, to enjoy themselves. And there's some, I won't say all managers, but some managers were taking it to the extreme that they were preparing for a failure a year in advance. And that the fact now that it is under 15, is there too much pressure being put on before state exams begin? I totally see management teams taking it serious I get that and I've, and I've seen it throughout you know a lot of clubs around the county and around the country as well like I do feel like the, the Fela is such a like it's such an accolade to win it's a massive massive achievement for any club to be part to win a Fela no matter what division it's at one, two, three, four, whatever the case may be and I think it's nearly kind of like the be all and end all for juveniles and and I think you know I feel like a lot of clubs maybe think that you know if you have a good Fela team it's going to help progress them on for under 16s minors the whole way up and it'll keep them all together I do think because it's such a, I think it's you know it, they're basically looking at a Fela you know, in comparison to the O'Duffy Cup or, or the Lee McCarthy Cup and that's what they are. Now, I do get it. Some managers at under 12, 14 level, they do take it a bit over the top. I do think a lot of people have to remember that, you know, we are dealing still with kids here, with children at the end of the day. But, you know, you know, for some of them, you know, they're characters and you do get a bit of a laugh out of it. But at the end of the day, we do have to remember that they are children. They do go a little bit over the top. And maybe it's just about reining that back in. Just a little bit. How do you rein it back in? Like, I mean, if you're taking a competition that seriously, uh, I mean, Paula Dowling is the most competitive person probably in this room apart from Anya. I'm very good. I am competitive, but you can be competitive in a good way. And that I am my abiding thing with any team that I'm involved in is that it has to be positive. It's encouragement. And like, I mean, I'm not going to, if somebody does something wrong or something goes, look, hard luck, you'll get the next one. You can't go with that dogmatic attitude of, oh, for God's sake, not going to work. So like, I mean, with the failure this year, it was very much, uh, I think we played three matches. The first match went well. Second match didn't go well. And and it just didn't click. Children just ran out of steam. Too long a break in between matches. Just didn't go right for us. But it was like trying to tell to the others, look, you did great. You got to keep going right for the next match now. And it's about having that positive the whole way through. Now, if managers are doing that kind of thing, I find actually this year we're not, we didn't do, and last year, we didn't do as much training because you had your under 14s training with your under 14s and your under 16s training with your under 16s. So we actually just had about a month or three weeks before the failure whereby we arranged for under 15 training because it, with the camogie being different to the hurling and the different age groups. So we just had two sessions over three weeks. That's all we did for the preparation of the failure last year. And the same this year. And that's because 
they have their own league to prepare for and everything like that. So I suppose we did put an emphasis on, but it wasn't that we went hell for leather or anything like that. So I think it's like, it's about allowing the girls to be the best that they can be. And that's all you ever want for any Camogie player. And that they go out and enjoy it. And I think if you hit those buttons and if they're enjoying it, they're going to stay playing Camogie. But if you go with the dogmatic attitude of, you know, this shouting at youngsters and all the rest of the negative the whole time, that's not going to work. Because as young girls and young fellas, all they want to hear is positive feedback and to know how to improve their game. And that's all you can do. And what do you think about the suggestion of bringing us to an under 17 or an under 20 fella? Where are we going to get players from? I um do you know what it is like I like I think it would be I think it would be a pity to take it away from under fourteen or under fifteen level. I think it's kind of I, I feel like it's been at that age group for so long that it's nearly history at this stage. Like and you you know, it, it would feel like it's nearly wrong sacrilege yeah, it's sacrilege like, I, I feel like it's a it's a tradition now like you can't really move away from it but like this kind of goes back to the point of like when you know, when we're talking about the development of players going from minor to adult games like this is where an under 20 championship or an under 21 championship should be put in place not necessarily a failure but an actual championship like there is plenty of time in my opinion to pay it like I know like I can only speak for Tullerone on this but like I know when the under 21 season or the under 22 season comes up at the end of the year there's literally girls hounding us going is there under 21 is there under 22 this year when are we going to train and we want to play like they love it they love it more than they want to play with the senior team or the junior team or even the minor team it's like I want to play under 21 and I want to play it's under all 22 into the very end of exactly the they love it because it's it, they love it because it's yeah. a short year yeah. as well like but you know it's the excitement of playing it I think like there was an under 21 championship a couple of years ago in Leinster and it was brilliant like it was absolutely excellent it was a great and it was really good for the development of a lot of those girls going to play onto the junior team mm. or whatever the case may be I don't necessarily think moving the failure from under 15 up to up to 17 or up to 20 is perhaps going in the right direction but I do think there is an awful cry out for an under 21 or an under 22 championship for those girls that are you know in between the bracket of just out of minor not necessarily making you know an an adult intercounty team you know put it the same way as the hurlers as, as the hurling rules do like you can't be on your if you play on your senior team or your intermediate team you can't play on your under 21 or under 22 team or whatever mm. the case may be you know maybe that could be looked at but I do think it would be very important to get it agreed like that even like even if Leinster just started it off and you know trial it out and see how they get on I think it would make I think it would absolutely brilliant for Camogie and I think it's only going to encourage more people to get involved. And you're going to catch a different cohort of people you see. You're going to catch girls that may not have been up to the mark maybe at minor or something like that or may not have made minor panels or borderline you know but you'll have people going on to your intermediate people going on to your senior but some players need more time to bed in and need time to develop as a player and it allows that in a less maybe okay less pressured situation whereby they're on a panel whereby they can actually, you know, develop their skills and hone their skills and know that they're still, you know, going to get their game time and get their matches. Great getting debate. I love it. Mm-hmm. Although I'm always stuck in the middle of it between the two of you. But, um, what do you think, Martin, anyway, with regards to the failure? 
I have no comment to make on it. I am completely neutral when it comes to all these things and I am staying safe and not opening my mouth and saying anything because that's if I the did... fifth now. I'm not impressed with that now. You thought you get some bit of feedback. That's, that's why you get paid the big bucks to make all the decisions and the analysis over there and I'm staying completely on the fence on this one. So I'm going to end that for now. We're sitting on the fence on you for now and we're firing it back over the table. Yeah, hurlers on the ditch. You've yeah. done, you done that to me once already, Paula Dowling it oh. didn't work and it's not going to work again either this evening well that is all we have time for here from the KCLR 96 FM studios uh, don't forget the match at the weekend it is the Leinster Senior Final Kilkenny versus Dublin 2.45pm in No More Park in Leash. it will be live and on air with KCLR 96 FM with myself and Anya on duty on the day as well so don't forget to tune in and as we said you can then pother on up to Parnell Park and watch the Senior Hurl take on Dublin in the Leinster Hurling Championship as well that is it from us though we've had a, an interesting week we'll be back again next week uh, hopefully with a Leinster Championship under our belt and getting ready for the Senior Championship which begins on the 21st and don't forget as always that you can check out the KCLR 96 FM app for the podcast go on to Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your free downloads and don't forget to get on and download away but until next week it's goodbye from everyone here in the KCLR studio Thank you Thank you this is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahmy. Yeah.